Hey guys, and welcome to Fatherhood. You are listening to the Dad's Group Podcast, a place where you and I get to connect with incredible leaders, shape the future of fatherhood together, and dig deeper into what is happening inside the minds and hearts of new and expecting fathers. Today, Simon shares with us the importance of connecting with your kids and prioritizing time with them. Before we start, I would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the lens we all meet on today. I would like to pay respects to elders past, present and emerging in any Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people we have listening to this episode today. Cheers, guys. Hope you enjoy. Why am I so excited to talk to Simon? I'm so excited to talk to Simon today because, um, you know, there's people out there that you that you connect with and you kind of, um, there's a lot that they say that, that either inspires you or you can just resonate with or whatever it might be. And I've found that... Um, you know, there's people that you that light you up when they they talk to you, and I've not it's not only me, but I've seen you with you know thousands of other people, you know, events or other things go on, and I see your approach and just light light up people's world. So I'm just so excited to be talking to you today, mate. Do you want to share a little bit about yourself? You know, what do you do, um, and also uh, about your family. Yeah, so I think first and foremost, you know, I'm a husband to my wife, Natalie. Um, we've got two children, um, four and five, so they're 10 months apart, uh, traditionally known as Irish twins. Um, so that's four or five weeks after giving birth. Um, Natalie begged me for another child and we, we, uh, <laughs> here, we here we are four, four years later. And, um, you know, the milestones coming, I think five is a, is a milestone. Um, you know, I, I don't know if it actually is traditionally, but for me, it feels like it's um, the beginning of pre-primary or year one and, and, and moving yep. that. And, um, you know, we're deciding to two kids together what their education will look like. So it's an exciting stage of looking at um, education. And, um, and I've had the fortunate ability to work with um, children in the past, um, older kids that have had um, behaviors that have ended them in prison and, and things like that so I had a lot of that and they were living um, with me before having my own children um, but I still do, do declare them as part of um, my journey in, in, as a father um, and also you know mentoring uh, a lot of young guys now um, through sports and through business and whatnot and I, I still do expand that um, ownership of being a father to the, the broader community because I do think that it's our responsibility as men to really lead and to support and govern govern children whether they're our own blood or not where did that come from for you that approach i suppose the maturity of speaking with children um perhaps comes from um learning that engaging with kids on their level is not the most helpful way to move things forward so maybe mm. from from you know errors or mistakes of trying to please or trying to negotiate with a child and I, I think then um you know it leads a bit more into a bit of leadership or ownership or responsibility or accountability to my position within the household mm -hmm. and understanding that my role is to give our kids the best opportunity to grow um, and so therefore it might be hard to invite them to do what we're doing because James may sort of kick back and say, well, I want to, I want to play and there could be a tantrum or whatnot. Um, but not being afraid of, of taking that on and, um, and then just trying it and saying, Hey, look, you know, James, this is actually, I mean, I remember the dinner really well 
and you know I, I felt like as um you know as iron sharpest iron you know we get together and we have a meal together because in that period it was about really about the adults um getting a chance to connect that's what mm. it was about the kids were a part of that journey um but they weren't expected to sit at the table and um you know be part of the conversations in fact if yep. they're playing that's really great yep um but we had two options i could have said hey do you guys mind if we actually take this zoom to the, the floor where we play and engage with the kids whilst we're doing this or actually no the parents really need this chat at the moment yep. um yep. so it's prioritizing what's really needed right now and um and in my heart it was that the parents really needed to connect and so then, yeah, understanding that. And so then, then it that ties into the responsibility. Well, it's now my responsibility to have our, our children um, engaging in a way that's helpful for, for all eight of us or all or seven of us at that stage. Yeah, 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 yeah. To, you know, to engage. Um, yep. So then, you know, as a, as a leader and taking that on in the family, I look at that to say, well, what do I need to do with this team player? I mean, my son is just, part of the the, the, the team yep. is set in there and it's um invite him invite him to be a part of what we're doing um and how how to do that i don't know just understanding what what it is that he's seeing or what it is that he's mm. he just wanted to have fun he just didn't want to be sitting on a on a screen and and i can understand yep. that as well um but I, I don't know exactly where it came from, but I suppose the um, the choice to decide how am I feeling? I was probably feeling a little bit frustrated. Yeah. Um, how was he feeling? He probably wanted to have a bit of fun. Why was he feeling that way? Because he's a four-year-old or he was a three-year-old. <laughs> how do yeah. I best respond? Um, by asking that question. And um, yeah, I, I, I suppose, thought it was great. I, I yeah. really did. I, I really thought it was great. And, and, I, and I completely agree with you. What it really made me think about and it, this came up last week as well is that I don't think we give the easy thing and a lot of people would say well he's four would he understand that or you know mm. um that that seems like a more advanced type of question and uh, do we you know that kind of approach seems like a lot to expect and it's like I don't really think so you know I think it's a I think it's a great starting point because even at kindergarten and school, they're already talking about cooperation. Yeah. They're already talking about being well, you know, behaving in certain manners and, um, you know, tr treating people's environment and each other's space with respect, which is exactly what you were doing. You were saying, Hey, hang on. You're not quite. So, and you, and you did it in a way that wasn't like, you know, it was a teaching experience because mm. he was able to learn right then and there, hey, oh, I'm not respecting my mum and dad's environment here. He's okay for me to play, but I've got to do it a bit quieter over here. So I'm going to do that. Um, and I think that that's, it can be as sort of fun scale to say, you know, um, to each other as a couple, where are we at with this? Um, are we really prioritising the kids? And does that mean that we're actually hiding from some of the conflict that's in our own relationship, um, using the kids as a crutch? Um, to our mm. own emotional needs and, mm. and that's really I would use the word dangerous as it's a strong word but if you're meeting the needs of self with the children um, say for example even just presence and company and you want to be around the kids because things aren't going right as a couple then um, that could mean then that the, the children do have a um, subconscious expectation that mum or dad are, are always going to be available to play whereas 
if you look at it, they were only really available to play because they were trying to avoid something else. And yep. And again, it's just that um, that you know cognitive rec- recognition that hey, I'm actually here to guide and to love my children um, as the as the custodian, I suppose, mm-hmm. of, of this is my role, this is my responsibility. And I get to do that with full fun, but we're actually here to, to do a, a job um, as much as, you know, that probably works for a male. It probably won't work so much for a female, but we are here to do a job. And so if we do that really well, I mean, I could have looked at myself and said, hey, this, this um, catch up on Zoom was really important for both families. Um, maybe if I had framed things better with the children to say, hey, guys, we're going to play for 15 minutes now. We're going to settle down. Then we're going to be on screen and we're going to be talking and we're going to be asking questions. Um, mm. and we're going to be listening to the responses. Then perhaps the need for attention at that time um, or just to play at that time for our, our children um, could have been less abruptive. And so again, we could have done more. And, and again, you'll say, I'll keep on trying to point back to myself to go, well, how can I grow this? How can I get better at this? Um, and that's what these chats are about. You know, hats off to every father to, um, for listening to this because you're on that journey of growing. And I know when we're talking to new dads or expecting fathers in hospitals and whatnot, um, the ones that were saying, hey, I, I actually don't know what's coming and I'm, I'm a bit scared or I'm a bit nervous or I'm a bit excited. Um, yep the response was really that's perfect because from there you can learn um from knowing yeah yeah Yeah, yeah. and so that's actually a good little um segue into something so another area here so i've got a question in two parts but based on that you know you've got a a son and you've got a daughter so um i'll start with well what's oh my goodness what's your daughter's name again ashley yeah ash thank you so um What's what's a lesson that you and, and I know, especially for someone like yourself, there'd probably be tons. But what's a what's a, le- a lesson that comes first to mind that Ash has taught you herself? What's something that she has either said or done that's made you learn and and do something, you know, learn about yourself or or learn from an experience? Yeah, I am. Um, I was having a chat uh, a couple of weeks ago with um, a business partner and his wife, and they said, "How how are you and Nat going?" You know, just general. And I said, "Oh, actually, we're doing really well." And um, she said, she asked, "What what is it that you really love about Nat? And um, what's you know what do you love the most?" Uh, and I'll get to your answer as well. You, know. <laughs> you, you say what you want to say. Yeah. And I stopped and I thought, and um, I said, I, I can't answer that right now. And she was a bit worried. She's like, well, hang on. Well, how come you can't answer what you love the most about your wife? And I thought about it and I thought, um, well, it's because the way that you worded that question, what do I love most about my wife? I don't think I could tell you the answer what I love the most, but I can certainly tell you a whole list of things that I love about her. And when I, when I looked at it, I, took, I said, just give me five minutes and I'll come back to you. And I came back and I said, my wife and I are one. That's what I really appreciate about our relationship. That's the number one thing is that I see that we're the same. Now, it's only yesterday that I looked at um, Ashley, you know, even at four years of age, and um, she interrupted a conversation between adults and she started organising. And she was like, you know, at four, she's like, hey, do you guys want to come to our Christmas party? James, my brother wants to invite you to our Christmas party. Yeah, she was doing the invitation. She was having an adult conversation um, with 
whilst adults were having a chat and we were really and I looked at Ashley and um I saw Natalie uh Natalie's character coming through in Ashley and I think the thing that um we come back to a lot as um you know as fathers is how we how we managing our children or how we interacting or how we but reality is that it's not how how am I going? It's how are we going? It's always got to be how are we going as a couple? What are we? And so it, it, it's always communication between a couple mm. um, that's going to help in parenting in a major way. And so Ashley's taught me that she is my wife's daughter, as she is my my daughter, and everything we do, um, it comes out. It's a reflection. It's you know if the sun shines on the daffodil or dandelion or you know those flowers that are yellow if it shines <laughs> then it turns and it faces the sun and it, and it absorbs more and then you see the beauty of that and i think mm. that, that the children are really that sponge and the reflection that when da when james i mentioned the other day not sure if it was on this chat or whether it's prior to but um you know when james um said to mum mum I, I i don't even want to say it but i dislike you for picking me up early I have to understand that some, in some way, that could be a reflection of the language that I'm using um, in putting in boundaries. That when Mum's done something like, you know, put dinner on the table early or whatnot, and I've come home a little bit later, and and then I'm like, look, I don't like when you put dinner on the table early because it means that um, I've got the pressure to be home and I, I needed a bit more time to relax and. Mum's side of the story is like, yeah, but the children are ready for dinner and you could have communicated with me. All those normal discussions that go on, it's called discussions that go on. Then how <laughs> I responded to mum at that time could have been what James had picked up and how he responded mm. to mum. And mm. so that reflection, that's one thing that my children teach me is that um, they are mirrors to our own behaviours. And, um, and so to look at those behaviours and don't try to correct them, but rather try to model to them what you'd like to see um, because it will just, it will happen. Um, and, um, you know, it'll be long, it'll be long lasting if it's what you're doing and not just mm. what you're saying because what yeah. you're for. Something I loved hearing what you're saying, dude, is like, it's a lot about your relationship with, sorry, what, what's your partner's name? Again? Natalie. Yeah. Natalie, like I love, yeah. I love the way that you're talking about how, how much you guys discuss these you know, things with James at, at Kinder and all that sort of stuff. But I'm hearing that theme come out so much. And something that you mentioned a little while ago, or at the beginning, um, I want to sort of touch base on again, is how do you invest in your relationship with Nat? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so you have, you have your relationship as a family, you have your role as a dad, you have your role as a partner, all this sort of stuff. How do you really focus in on your relationship with Nat? Yeah, so the, the honest truth is we, we waited till we um, had run out of debits and we had spent all the credit card, it financially talking about emotionally, and we were so far in debt over our heads that we went, we can't, we couldn't even pay this credit card off if we wanted to. Yeah. So if that credit card is the emotional, um, not the dollars, but the emotional where um, we have just, we've done everything wrong. Then from there, we were able to um, eventually step over the, the um, you know, the channel of pride of thinking we're both right and we're both stubbornly know how to do this. It's just the other person's fault. It's blame. Um, so really, the, the, 
love seeing that name pop up. So really, <laughs> it, it's it's about, always late. <laughs> um, yeah, really, it's really it, it was for us about how far down the rabbit warren, um, in a in a not good way, do we go before we start to realise that some of the behaviours that we're seeing in our children are a reflection of us, and then going, that's actually not what we want. Yeah, and then stepping forward, um, and you know. I said before that, that the iron sharpens iron and, and starting to go, well, if that's the case, if stepping forward's the case and working on that is what needs to happen, then who am I around? You know, the, all the typical things that you do if you want to personally develop, you know, who am I around? What stuff am I reading? What stuff mm. am I engaging with? Um, who also in a negative way could be pulling me away from what I should be doing or what I could be doing as an adult, adult um, in relationship with my partner? Mm. Um, and so really, firstly, is understanding, I think when you're in, um, I call it the pit of despair, realizing that you are in that pit of despair, realizing that you, you're actually not going well. You might measure that by how much alcohol you're drinking or how much time you're spending at work or how much sport is you know, consuming your life or even how much you're really looking to personally develop and doing all these great things that seem like you're moving forward. But in reality, it's that that hole in your heart to say, I'm actually struggling here. I'm not going so well. Um, and looking across at your partner and, and asking that question, you know, are, are they doing well? Um, and if the yeah. answer is no, then perhaps starting progressing at that point and, and realising that, hey, we can only do this growing together. So the thing that I've got in my mind is if our listener is, is hearing you and hearing all these sorts of things, would you have any practical tips for them on like because again another thing that stood out to me was adam was talking about how much people invest in their kids and then when mm -hmm. kids leave it's like well we don't know how to be a couple anymore um because yeah that's the thing that's got in my mind is like what are some practical things that you do or prioritize in your relationship with that to help make sure that that doesn't happen yeah i i really understand that question because um it's something that i've wrestled with for three years trying to work out how and I think it comes down to the, um, the sim simplistic method of communication. So mode or method or style. Um, Nellie and I don't uh, get along naturally in our own um, modes of communication. I'm very abrupt, I'm very forward, um, and I'm also very uh, understanding and emotional. And if disrespect is in our, our household, neither of us function well. So my natural response is how my father's always done it, which is not helpful between um, parents. So that, I think that's the, the first practical thing is how am I instigating um, what's occurring, whether it be positive or negative, how am I instigating that is, and be honest with that. It can be written down on a piece of paper. So mine is um, it, with aggression. Um, I do, I, I, I use spiteful words and that's honest. And if I if I can't say that, then I haven't done that work. Um, and it's a pattern of behaviour that I've seen for most of my life. And it, in our era, you'll notice that uh, a lot of um, fathers will replicate what's what's happened. And we're honest with ourselves. We probably a lot of us come through with an era that um, have had dads that that are more firm or more adjusting their language to be authoritative. Then you have the other side and you might identify with that where dad actually hid away. You know, you find him in a closet most of the time because um, mum just stood up and, and was playing that role. And 
So firstly, identifying, you know, um, who am I and how am I responding to um, my partner and therefore to my children? And then working out what you think is helpful and working out what's certainly not helpful and just writing those things down. You don't actually have to do much with them from there. So that's the first step. It's just writing them down. Yeah. I think um, what, what, and I'm really glad you asked that question, Blair, because I was actually about to talk about the fact that, you know, there's going to be a lot of people out there listening to this, thinking this guy talks and, and sounds like, uh, you know, let's say like a life coach. I feel like I'm listening to Tony Robbins here when, you know, and, and so I guess, um, you know, it's really, I think it's really important to, to make it clear and point out that because then what you started to talk about now is work as in you're putting the work in mm. your relationship isn't just instantaneous mm. either the mm. way you're talking and the way you are isn't just instantaneous either that's what i'm hearing so i think mm. it's really good to hear that because again there might be a lot of people out there hearing this going this guy's beyond what i'm capable of this guy's do you know what i mean it's sort of it's almost like trying to meet the meet the um you know the same levels as bandit is at on you know on bluey it's it's unobtainable you know so a lot of people might be hearing what you're saying going wow this guy is way ahead of me in life you know i i he gets things a lot more than i do but it's what's coming out is that and you know, because I was actually going to ask you, I, I'm sure this, the way you are and the way you look at things and reflect mm. and grow and all that hasn't just come about mm. out of nowhere. Mm. So without going into where that came from, I think it's good that, that it's then come out that it's clear that um, everything that you do, you know, or how you go about things, whether it's your relationship or you as a father or even with work, um, you put time and effort into making it actually work. It's not all just, you're just this guy that, that mm. gets everything perfect all the time. And that, um, it's, the that it's the opposite. It's the opposite. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Good. So tell us a bit about that. So, you know, what, uh, uh, so you talked about some practical things, but how do you get to that point of doing those practical things first? Yeah. I, I think, um, you know, playing with your kids is a really good way to learn um, the experience of uh, growth, of learning. So, for example, um, you know, it may be that you're, you're tapping on um, your, your baby's leg and for the first time they squeeze your hand and um, they start to respond to the way that you tap and the way that they squeeze your hand and you're starting to find there's some level of engagement between you and your baby. And um, they won't be able to pick up a pair of drum kit sticks and start to play that tune and, and get it all right yeah but they started at a point of squeezing your hand and started to engage with you based on what you were giving them and recognizing that some of us are on milk you know for me I'm, I'm still on the milk when it comes to communicating with my own partner um, you, you know I'm 34 years of age and and I should know how to communicate with my own partner but then if I take you know Tom who's, who's listening in on this now which is great you know, he's, he's changed that language for me or helped me to change that language from instead of should to I could be communicating with my partner in a different way. And that has allowed me to have the freedom of less judgment of self and um, just being okay with just being where I'm at 
And then from there, allowing naturally for life to take its course and, and grow forward in whatever way is helpful. So you start with a baby, very simple, but you know, four or five years later, they'll be able to run, jump, swing on things all at the same time and realizing that that's still us. We're still in a space where emotionally we, um, we are just, we're, we're immature in some ways. And so just being okay with the fact that somebody might give you a word of love or a, a, a touch of um, uh, security in their language. Mm. And now as adults, we respond with, oh, I don't want to hear that. That's too sharp. But that's because we've got defenses. And so slowing down and just going, okay, what are we hearing here? And, and um, you know, the word deliberate practice. So if you wanted to sort of take something away to Google, it would be deliberate practice, Google deliberate practice. And what, is, what does that actually mean? So if you wanted to do more study, it's being very um, deliberate towards what it is that you're wanting to do. And, um, and then just starting it where, with where you're at. And um, my decision was that I wanted to be a great husband. Um, and I knew that I was going to lose lots of friends along the journey because they look at me as a husband and go, well, hang on, I don't, don't know if you got it right there. But the ones that prepared to walk beside me and stay, I'm like, okay, I'll lean into them more and I'll trust them a little bit more and I'll learn from a little bit more. Um, and that, that, was, that comes from the vulnerability of saying, I haven't got it perfect, um, but I'm, I'm willing to, to learn. So having that willingness and then just deliberately practicing things that are, are um, not necessarily big money makers or aren't the, they're not going to make you the best athletes, but they're going to hit my goals of being, yep. uh, being a, a family guy. Yeah, I love that. And and for me personally, I don't particularly buy into the 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 idea of I am who I am and that's just get the way things are and that's how it's going to be. Like that yeah. drives me crazy because that then basically put that that pretty much says to me, I mean it's it's one thing to be authentic, right? Your authentic self, that's fine. But yeah. if someone's genuinely giving you feedback, whether it's your child, your partner, whoever, your workmate, that that's saying you're, the way you're acting in a certain manner right now isn't okay by me. And if you're not willing mm -hmm. to take that feedback and adjust it in some way, shape or form, because you simply think, well, I am who I am and that's just how I'm going to be. Great. Good on you. Celebrate that. But also at the same time, the person around you that you seem to or you aim to or you're meant to love and care and respect, they're giving you that feedback and you're not listening to it. You know, so what I'm hearing here as well is that, so it's, a, it's, it's, it's about actually taking the time and it doesn't have to take a lot of time, but even just stopping for a moment and thinking about, am I, like, for example, the other, the dad that I was talking about earlier that realised that he's the authority figure in the house and his kids don't go to him for hugs and love and, and affection he's going to have to take a bit of time to actually work on that. You know, the, his kids are in it, not only because his kids are in their teen years. So it's going to be weird if he suddenly starts doing things to position himself as a love and nurturer, mm. but he's also going to have, it's also going to take a little bit of time for him to adjust and flip how he approaches when things, when they come up, mm. you know? And so, I think it's fascinating and what I love hearing is, is it, and it's important for people to hear, realise, yes, the way Simon's talking it, it is different. You know, it, it's different to the average guy, but it's important to take from it. You don't have to suddenly have all of this great language or change yourself completely. Mm. 
but it's important to at least stop and think, am I being the dad I want to be? Because again, another guy on the call, Simon, uh, in the same call said that he asked his children directly how am I, he asked for direct feedback from them with the question of yeah, how, yep. do you, how am I going as a dad? Yep. And again, his kids are in their teen years. This is a different dad. They're in their teen years. Some are even young adults. And he asked them, I want you to tell me and be, be honest. How am I going as a dad? And he had a lot of, <laughs> he, you know, he's putting himself on a silver platter. But that question was amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it is. It's a really beautiful question. I think having friendships where that can do that and going on the journey with other fathers that can do that, that might be, you know, when we have babies and they can't respond in that way or, or young children, um, you know, we've mentioned Iron Sharper Time. Well, I have three times now and um, <laughs> that's so important. You know, um, my dad my dad was, a, to me, he was a perfect role model. But when I look at the behaviours, um, I wouldn't say that they're perfect role model behaviours, but um, his journey was one that he was always giving more trying. He was just trying. And he said, I didn't know how to be a father. My father was X, Y, Z, and, and I, I didn't know how to be a dad. So I decided I was just going to try. And so in my failings, this is how far I've got. And, um, and I'm still trying today with you guys. And I feel that. And I think that's the most important thing is, you know, when somebody is really trying, um, and so he I said that recently he said that. oh yeah we absolutely over the last 10 how years how old is your father now he's born in 61 so he's yeah he's, he's over 60 yeah. that's that's incredible sorry Blair that's what I that's we've been that's come up a lot lately as well because he's a grandfather now and there's a lot of there's been coming up quite a bit where I was gonna say I bet it's funny oh, Tom rocking oh up. my god this guy now, listen, inter oh, yeah. interrupting <laughs> our interview <laughs> For those listening, right. for those right. listening, our our our, our boss, our B O double S, is rudely interrupting again. Here we are, and, and he's that, brought him a coffee. That, My goodness, what an amazing guy! Yeah, he's wearing some. For those listening, uh, he has he's wearing some funny sunnies as well. Um, <laughs> yeah. Justin pointed out, but um, Cyclops. <laughs> oh, you know what he even went next door and asked him how i have my coffee because well um, done well done that's so good it's such that's a sucker. Right. i think you know i think that's the thing though is um you know we've had the fortunate um benefit from you know a, you, you talk about the way that i language things or yeah i i am a life coach essentially my clients um do pay me to actually walk alongside them and that's my role but um Tom's role has been to create in community the opportunity for fathers to come together. And one of the guys that I lead, he's a CEO of an Indigenous organisation, and he talks to me about the yarning circles and he talks to me about how mm. community is created. And mm. I look at what we're doing here today and, and obviously know the history of how Dad's group came together, which was exciting for me, but he just played his role. Now, Tom, by any means, is, you know, he's this fun, goofy, intelligent guy <laughs> He's got all these different things, right? <laughs> but he's, he's, he's by no means, um, he's by no means the perfect man. And so to uh, none of us, the perfect men, but nope. we are certainly on that journey. And, and that's the thing is um, the, the greatest hold back to any, um, let's call it success as a parent or whatnot, is pride, is thinking mm. that um, I've already got it. 
And that was the biggest conflict to tie all this together for me personally. You know, this, this, this my journey is that because I did take those kids out of prison and because I was a father to them as a single man, I had an expectation that things were going to go my way when we had our children. And so the things that I wrote down was actually acknowledging that and realising that for the first time that um, my way was helpful for uh, a child who was 15 to 19 who had aggressive behaviours, but it wasn't helpful for a, a, a new baby. And my way um, was harmful when I set my expectations of what um, would would happen within, or try to even saying that, you know, what would happen within the household. That's the language that I needed to, to really look at and change. It's not, this is what's going to happen in the household. It was just my approach. And you said it perfectly before, Adam, is understanding um, and listening to my wife's, not just input, but my, my wife's, her whole being, because mm. it's two people raising these children and what you bring, it is it absolutely means it, it's a stake in the ground that could be harmful rather than a stake in the ground that could be helpful. Yep. Um, and, and that's what I needed to realise. The stuff that I brought is, although it could be correct and it could be politically correct and it could be something that people pay for and it can be resolving so many issues in society and it could be all these amazing accolades and all this, it's worth absolutely jack, you know, because it's, it's not, <laughs> it, it actually, that would then be my greatest limiter to growing is believing yeah. my way is the way. And I always turned to my wife and thought you're stubborn and voiced you're stubborn. Whereas reality was that's exactly what I was being. Yeah. It sounds what I loved as well, what you were talking about before with in terms of your dad um, is that he sees himself as someone that's still developing in his role as a father as well. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we were uh, kindly invited to go along to the men's shed annual conference uh, at the end of March and it came up quite a lot that, um, you know, that this, this idea of thinking that, well, my kids are adults now, so they don't need me to be their adult anymore. They don't need me to be their father figure anymore, you know, as a, uh, or their father, you know, they're, they're doing their own thing now. They're independent, mm. um, you know, and whereas I, I very much, I love what you, you said your dad was talking about is that um, he's still learning, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, we were talking with, um, uh, you know, with Lee Town recently and, and with Joe Machette, one of the, you know, our group leaders in, in Queensland, and they talk about how they see their role as a father. It's actually ramped up, you know, because yeah. they're now fathering their children as yeah. parents, yeah. you know, and they're now also a grandfather figure and so they see themselves as a really solid role model for them yeah. as well. You know, so how have you seen your dad with your yeah. kids? Yeah, that's amazing. Um, you know, I think a really brilliant takeaway um, you, that you could play with is, is around the question of when I'm 70 and I'm sitting down on my front porch or whatnot, what do I want to look back and have? And for me, I, I, you know, I've got two children um, and we're at an age where we probably won't go and have more, but I'd love to have six of my own children and I'd love to have many grandchildren because <laughs> well, I mean, it sounds a lot, right? Six? 
<laughs> but when you're when you're 70, what does that look or feel like? And that's three generations of of young ones coming in, sitting on on um, grandpa's or great grandpa's lap, and and still just reading a book. That to me is great, a great level of success. And so when I look at my dad, I want to be for him that child that he um, has journeyed with up until his age now, but. I still want to be, I want to be getting younger as he's getting older. I want to be more of that um, child or I, I am, I am being more of that younger child for him. So he can experience the relationship between him and I more meaningfully. And it's becoming more exciting for him because we're spending time in relearning who each other are at different mm. stages of life. Mm. Um, so again, just deliberate. Uh, I, I personally chose that I wanted to have a great relationship with my father and that came not without its challenges um we we got to fisticuff challenges so that's not something I encourage but we're, we're we have both been abrupt men as I've said um when it comes to protectiveness and we've had strong conversations that could have mm. torn us apart but instead um we keep them persevering with the goal in mind and we we grew closer because of that yeah so just making that decision, and I think, you know, um, braveness is where you're afraid to do something, but you do it anyway. So being yeah. to be a father, but doing it anyway, is that's being brave and that's exciting. Um, Mate, I, I think it's incredible what you've been talking about. And we could talk and talk for hours. We might even uh, get you back on again soon because there's so much that you've got um, to, to, to share and it's been amazing. I have a couple of quick questions to ask and I wouldn't open it up to Blair and Tom to ask anything they might have. But, um, you know, because we have been talking a lot about yourself, your partner, your children, mm -hmm. how you want your children to be. And a question that I always ask um, our guests is with everything you talked about today, if you were to, so if you were to put it in a box and, and gift wrap it, and then hand it to your children and they open that box and that, and out comes this light when they open that box. What is the stuff that you, and in that box is who they are, right? Them seeing who they are. What is it that you would like them to be looking at when they open up that box? I, I think, um, you know, like I'm probably not the most amazing answer, but I'd like them to, you know, look into a mirror and look at themselves and be proud of who they are. Um, I think that's the biggest thing is just for them to look at themselves and go, I'm, I'm really proud of who I am, whatever blemishes, you know, they have or whatnot. And if I can foster that where they, um, they just look at themselves and go, I'm, I'm actually perfect, um, not in an arrogant or prideful way, but just self-accepting. I think that would be the big thing. Um, you know, my journey is that I, uh, I, I will want to always accept who I am um, and that's a big part of, you know, what I want from friends and families as well, just to accept me as I am because I'm on that journey. I know that, that I'm on that journey. Um, so I suppose the gift is um, just acceptance of um, the rights and the wrongs and, the, you know, the, um, the blemishes or the perfections. There's no such thing that you are you and that's beautiful. And, um, and I'd also, you know, I'd like to, in, in return, receive a gift back from them, which is a surprise as to who they truly are. Um, me getting to see, you know, that that by birth talents and gifts that they've they've got that I'm there to foster within them as my role as a parent. And so I'd like to look at that and go, wow, that's that's amazing. I, 
um, I'm inspired by what you've chosen to do with your journey and not necessarily this is my expectation of you. Um, whether they swim in a pool at the fastest level in the world or whether they, mm. you know, paint a picture or whether they become a poet. Yeah, mate. Um, the last question before I do open it up, um, we ask this to every um, father that comes on here or every guest. So if you had any, if you had one little piece of advice for an expecting father, you know, their, their partner's, you know, basically Jew, <laughs> ready to ready to pop. Yeah. Um, what's the what's the one bit of advice that you would give to them um, as they're you know the journey they're about to face? Yeah, I suppose um, it, this is a really easy one for me because we have shared it with um, hundreds of dads, and I hear that now um, as a as a feedback is you have a role. There's definitely a role, um, whatever that is for you. Uh, work it out and if your role is to support by cleaning the mess um, around the house or cleaning the table then do that with all your heart mm. um, don't think that it's between mum and baby um, there's a the, I don't know how much this bounces around but the, the Russell Crowe one um, when Russell asked his dad um, you know he was holding his his boy in his hands Russell was holding his um, boy in his hands a, a famous um, Australian actor and um, he turned to his dad and he said oh do you remember when I was just small in your arms and Russell's dad said you know Russell when when you're a baby um, that's not something that we were really allowed to do as dads we, we weren't we weren't allowed to pick you up and just hold you that was the job of mum and and the, the ladies that were around um, to support mum and realizing that we've come a long way and we're allowed to engage and we're allowed to um, you know, wipe the tears of our children's eyes and, and speak to them. And so do that. Um, really understand that um, or make the choice as to what you want to do with your journey. But my encouragement and inspiration, as you said from the beginning, is that um, the best journey you can possibly have is that one with your family. And um, whether it be right or wrong or whether it's it's perfect in, in community and people see it as great or not, it doesn't matter. That's what you've got. That's life. That's the gift of life. So engage in that. And if, like I said, if that means changing nappies, then do that to the best of your ability because when you can't do that or if you, you, you lose the ability to do that, um, it's not really easy to recreate that opportunity again. So take, seize, seize it as it is. And, and um, if I was to add anything on, because <laughs> I will, is take away, <laughs> take, away the things, yeah, take away the things that are stopping you from doing that. Um, you mm. know, so, so prevalent, you know, all the things that we, we normally um, uh, run to as uh, men that we don't even have to mention, but you know what it is for you and me not even mentioning, you know, things by name, but those stuff that, that stuff that you run to that is actually coming from a real deep place of hurt. Mm. Don't, don't use those things as crutches and, and, um, and feel like that's a part of your journey. Um, you know, temptation or, or, or doing things, um, you can always feel like I want to take the next step, whether, whether it's um, going to the pub to be included with a bunch of blokes and, and um, getting drunk time and time again, or, um, you know, pornography is such a massive one as well. Whatever these things are that you um, are choosing to invite into your life, understand that they shape who you are as a being. And so um, you, 
it's not that you shouldn't do those things. It's that you should understand in what way is that shaping me? And mm. whether that's really what you want when it comes to who you choose to be as a father. So take out the stuff that isn't, isn't um, supporting where you want to be mm. and, um, and endeavor into the stuff that is what you want to be. And that stuff should be scary and that stuff should be exciting and that stuff should be risky, which is like, you know, picking your baby up and just being engaged with it or talking mm. to another dad in the park about how exciting it is to just be in the park with your baby. Um, do those things. I, I, compl- I thank you so much, Matt, and I really appreciate that. And I can absolutely resonate with what you're saying. And, you know, I, I actually have had a recent experience of, it took me four and a half, nearly five years of fatherhood to, to realise that, um, you know, something, for example, alcohol, right? So I, I realised recently that alcohol was in my life more than it should, more than I wanted it to be. Or more than I feel like it should have been. Yeah, been and there. So yeah. and and so um, you know, I've put some things in place to cut back, which I've significantly cut back. But one of the drivers was I was realizing that I was too lethargic the next day to spend mm-hmm. the quality time that I wanted to spend with my kids. And I was kind of putting it more to excusing it as, oh well, I've got a newborn, so I'm tired and my son just needs to accept that. Mm-hmm. Um and so I really appreciate that, mate. Thank you so much for an incredible yeah. um, discussion. Is there anything, Blair or Tom, you have to add before we wrap up? I've got a, um, I've got a question. Firstly, thanks, Simon, for sharing. So good. It's just like so rich, like a whole meal or a banquet even <laughs> with dessert, which is really good. Um, and the way in which it's been brought about um, with, um, you know, discussion between, you know, Adam and yourself and that inter relationship between your, your journeys and stories is just absolutely mm. inspiring. Um, and I think that's what gets me about this stuff is that, you know, as you were sharing before, Simon, that yarning circle, there is no hierarchy there. There is just mm. a, a space of sharing and learning um, and we all become humble um, for moments of that time as we absorb and learn and that kind of mm. continuous learning, forever learning approach um, in this space that barriers are down so we can be learners rather mm. than be teachers, but also accidentally fall into a space of teaching um, without knowing it. it and everyone else benefits because they accidentally fell into the space of learning. And that's, that's just a really beautiful um, thing that happens here. So thanks for that. Um, I guess the question I thought might be um, so we touched on some really poignant and powerful and meaningful and challenging elements in our fatherhood journey. And the way in which we were able to reflect on our own journey was, was meaningful for me, at least. And I'm sure it would have been meaningful for anyone else who uh, listens to this. But one thing I was wondering is, you know, I was, I was looking at this old Land Rover in front of me. And sometimes you get stuck in a rut mm. uh, with these things. Um, my question for you, Simon, was how do you get out of the rut? So, mm. we, so you've identified it, um, you, you know, whatever it might be in, in your life. And sometimes they, your problem might be like trivial to someone, i.e. not very bad or challenging or whatever, but it's still your mm. problem. So it's just, it's, it's holding you back and you're stuck in that rut just as much as anyone else. But if you are stuck in that rut, whether it be work or any of the things we talked about, 
in your experience, what's one thing that's helped you reset or jump out of that rut? Or how do you have you experienced a jumping out of the rut? Ex- mm. rut? Mm. What, what are the contributing factors to getting out of it? Because it's, it's one thing to know it. It's a very big, mm. different thing to get out of it. Yeah, I suppose um, if if I had a week to think about it, I mean, that's, you know, that's what I love about, um, you know, iron sharpening iron is that, you know, um, Tom, you are one that will ask a question that I think I respect enough to go away and, and think and really um, bury myself into um, working that out and looking at it really deeply. Um, and I, I suppose that might be in some way an answer to the question. Sorry that it's not um, as direct listeners as you may want. But um, getting alongside and having people just ask you those questions and genuinely contemplate them for yourself. Now, the, the only thing better than that is, you know, if you, if you are a personal development person, you would understand maybe self-actualization and seeing yourself in the place that you're in and, and, um, and then asking yourself the question, I think I've got a journal next or did have a journal next to me, and, um, you know, you could wait till a friend identifies something in you or a family member or till conflict identifies something in you and then ask yourself a good question to how do I now get out of this? Um, but no, you can actually do that at any point uh, along the journey. Identify, I'm in this, right? How do I get out of this? And just asking that question, um, it starts the process, the cognitive awareness of the fact that I'm in a challenge and I need to start to find my way out. And then resourcefully as men um, and, and women as well, we start to look at, okay, well, what, what is it that I, I need here? You know, for me, my foundations is what I, I read in a book. And somebody asked me one time, I was on a camp and I had my father with me and they said, Simon, how at the age of 26 do you know all this stuff? And I said, well, I learned it all from, from my dad. Now, my dad had never spoken about those things directly but um as a father he knew that the only thing he could do with four kids was run us down to the local church and keep on sticking us in a church because he's like man they they might teach you morals because i got no idea how to teach morals <laughs> so you know and that's the best he had that's the resource that he had um and so you know i learned then that the fathership the relationship of fathership is that i run to my dad and I go well, where do what do i do here and that might be for me sitting on the beach quietly and actually asking that question of struggling with my wife. Like, what do I do here? And then I would go to a book, which for me has been typically gone to the Bible because that's, you know, what the church taught me. And, but I read it and I go, actually, there's some really great stuff in here. So having those foundational things of, um, oh, this is what love is. Um, okay, I, I hadn't learned that from anybody, but it's written here and it's been passed through scholars for generations and centuries. Okay, it might be worthwhile giving it a crack. I'm, I'm at wits any, I'm in my rut anyway. And then I go home and I give that a crack. And there's no pride lost because nobody knows that I read something or that I like, asked myself that question. My wife doesn't know that I'm trying a approach that's written from you know the Bible or something. She just receives what I'm giving her. And so I think that's, you know, what are your resources? Um, you know, Dad's Group, Digital Dad's Group is an amazing resource. The podcast is an amazing resource. Um, getting together with dads without using Dad's Group by just contacting a friend is an amazing resource. Um, and then, you yeah, going on the journey of what, what benefit that resource is to you in whatever rut that is in your, in your life. Um, and then massively, you know, mentors, being very diligent about the mentors or the leaders that you have around you. 
Um, you, you will never grow into something that you can't see um, because our imagination doesn't allow us to go outside the scope of things that are already somewhat in there. So if you want to, um, you want, if you want a dream to be a certain dad or whatnot, or if you're, if you're in a rut, then what would the outside of that rut look like? And then um, joining up with people who uh, potentially know what it's like on the outside of that rut and probably the ones that have been through that same rut um, themselves. Um, they're the practical things that I would do. I love that. Do you have anything to add to that, Tom or, or Blair? That was, that was like amazing. Thank you. That response is really helpful. Good wisdom input there, Tom. Um, I, <laughs> I have so much to ask, dude. Um, we're going to have to organise a point to, like a part B to this interview, dude, because we're already past time um, for you. And I've got some big ones. I've got some big questions for you, mate. But I just want to say thank you so much for just sharing, dude, because I, I, I know I've said this in a bunch of interviews. I have this opportunity now just to sit here and just absorb so much of, of your wisdom and your learnings, dude. And that, again, is the point of this podcast and these interviews is just to mm. share those stories. And, and I think, you know, I see a lot of similarities between you and, and me and your family situation and my family situation. Like our kids are very similar in age uh, and stuff like that. And that's where I'm, I want to dig into with questions and things. But again, it's just going to take another five hours to get through all that. But, um, and I think what, what I love the most about you sharing in, in this time, dude, is it is so evident your intentionality behind mm. your parenting. And mm -hmm. it's like, like you said, we're not perfect, dude. Like none of us are, but what gets me so pumped up and excited is when I get to surround myself around guys that are so intentional. Um, and mm. it's like, yep, shit happens, man. I do things mm. in a terrible way. I react in a terrible way, but I'm going to keep pressing into my role as dad, my role as partner. I'm going to do the best that I can. And, and that's what I've really got out of this interview, mate. Just, just so much encouragement for my journey to keep on going and to keep on pursuing in that, in an intentional way, man. So thank you so much for that, dude. That's been amazing. Yeah. Thanks, Blair. I appreciate the feedback and it's um, helpful. Yeah, mate. And I've got one other question actually. Um, and I need to know if this is true or, or real or not. So Tom claims that last week when you were out surfing, that he got hit in the back by a bunch of flying fish. Can you confirm? Can you confirm? Can you confirm? Is true? And is that story accurate or or did you see it differently? I really, we really need to re or really is that you just smacking in the back of the head. Oh, oh yeah, so, then, uh, but, but I'd love to answer it anyway. Oh, please do. <laughs> this would be funny. How many scientists do you know up there that go surfing? I just assumed it was Well, that, we, we have an agreement. He's Simo. Oh, maybe Simo. I'm Simo, actually. We've got, anyway, he's got long black hair. You, know? you don't even know who you are after all I'll, of this. No, look, I'll, I'll, do, I'll do some investigation for you guys. Yeah, yeah. Can you, I'll, can I'll go you as far as getting the surf cams up. Um, so, yeah, we'll really Fantastic. go dig deep. And, and I do know a lot of guys that will be standing on the point there watching the guys surf. So um, was it was it Majimba Island, Tom, or was it? No, it's just out the front here, 98, 99. Okay. This is my line of questioning, just to get a little bit. Good, <laughs> yeah, good, no, good, man, good. Ask Simo when you see him at the messy him walking past the green room, just say, yeah, uh, this fish thing. So there's a flying fish into the back of the head. Is that right? Multiple Three fish in the in my back. 
just not in my head. In my, in my, in my Three brain. fish in okay, the story. So they were underwater. They were underwater, were they? No, no, they jumped out, hit my back, and I thought Simon threw something. Like, like knives, oh, you know, like, like getting knives in the back. That's how he explained it. I never said knives in the back. I said like rocks. He said there was like Like 20 blokes out there. It was like like the story was massive. It just seems to be I I did go diving yesterday morning, um, which, okay, all day. (laughs) (laughs) Five (laughs) o'clock. And um, let's make sure that none of my clients see this because I, you know, my message. (laughs) Sorry, guys, busy at the moment. Um, but, uh, I, I do know that you can only sort of see two or three meters in front of you and the visibility is getting better so mm. the fish may not have seen tom and um there is a possibility that they did fly and then go oh there's a guy there up in the air but not have the ability to sort of navigate quickly enough or maybe you it know, was deliberate it could be conditional yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Simon, I think it's. I think it's, there's a lot to dig in here. I think you need to go and explore it, and maybe it can come up in part B. Is uh, yeah. what what you've what you've discovered? I, yeah. I, I'm I'm happy Did to get go away and do okay. many hours of investigating, uh, and I'm very keen to make sure that this story is true. Simon, it's been amazing. I knew this was going to be amazing to chat with you today and I really do think we can go into a part B here um, but yeah Simon mate it's been an absolute pleasure to talk with you today and we will wish you the absolute best and just have a great day I really hope you guys enjoyed that episode Simon I mentioned to you a lot in that session but I need to say again how much your intentionality in your parenthood has really encouraged me in my own fatherhood journey Uh, Guys, if you would like to find out more about Dad's Group or join a digital Dad's Group session, which is where these podcast episodes are recorded from, or connect with some of our amazing partners, check out our website at www.dadsgroup.org, which we'll also add in our podcast notes for you guys. If you would like to support Dad's Group, please remember to like, subscribe, and review, and please share with any dads and families that may benefit from hearing this podcast. Cheers, guys, and we hope to see you next week.